Welcome to the Nobody Guide to Life, where we provide tips and tools for personal growth, personal development, and your spiritual journey that you can use right now in your everyday life. I'm J.A. Plosker. Thank you for joining us. Find out more at nobodysview.com or thenobodybible.com, or you can join our Facebook group, Simple Spirituality. Also, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View. If you like what you hear, we'd welcome a subscription or a review. We'd appreciate it. So you know that age that kids go through where, where every thought is newsworthy? So toddlers who are just wrapping their minds around the nuances of speech, you know, they're really just the best. Don't you think? We're talking hours of entertainment here. The fun never ends, literally. So there you are, an adult, sitting and doing nothing, or as is probably the case, trying to sleep or go to the bathroom, and your toddler will give you a little nudge or bang on the door and yell some vital piece of news, such as, my red ball is bouncing, or they'll tell you about some exciting thing that happened to one of the characters on their favorite kid show. So, I don't know, maybe Curious George got his hand stuck in a jar while trying to wrangle a pickle, or Daniel Tiger gave his sister a piece of banana after receiving a lecture from his mom about the benefits of doing good deeds. But for kiddos, those things I just mentioned are newsworthy. They're worth sharing. I, I remember those days before before I knew about politics and gossip and all that stuff. You know, how do we get back to that anyway speech is a skill and who can blame toddlers for wanting to practice they need to practice communication is vital in this world whether it's done with the mouth the hands or other subtle forms of body language and sharing the news of what's happening on pbs morning cartoon shows helps them foster that anyway with many kids they say what they think they say what they see they say what they want and and they just want to share all the time. And as adults, we need to indulge that, even if, like I said, it interrupts bathroom time. You know, you never know what moment of speech will be the most important for a kid. So listen to them. It's cute when kids share every thought, but what about as adults? Well, as adults, sometimes we need to learn restraint. We know there are times to speak and times to hold back, although I'll admit I do talk a little too much. And sometimes I don't hold back when I should, but I'm getting better at that, I hope. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying to you, don't say anything ever. Of course not. I, would, I, I wouldn't say that. I'm not saying don't get excited. It's okay to chat. It's okay to share ideas. It's okay to ramble. You know, I do. I ramble on sometimes. I host a podcast after all. So, you know, hopefully my ramblings make sense to you. But the point is, communication is fun. It's engaging. It's how we build connections. We're social creatures and communication is something, it's something we need to do. But what I'm referring to here is the idea that we may want to be a little more mindful of what we're saying and how we're saying it. We want to pay attention to the faces of our listeners. We want to key in on, on signs of how what we're saying is affecting others. And we want to be mindful of what we say and how we say it. So what does that mean? Well, excessive talking is, at least, at least in my experience, is often a sign of, of anxiety or nervousness. And we all get anxious and we all get nervous. Think about first dates you've been on or an important job interview or, or some other awkward life situation where there, where there are silences or pauses. Often we, we talk to fill that gap because for some reason, we're uncomfortable with silence. 
but being mindful of how our words affect others, that can help us to focus. So, for example, when I was teaching in classroom settings, I was often lecturing in introductory courses. I would, I would prepare my materials and I'd create an outline. But as I taught in the classroom, I'd observe my students to gauge their reactions. So, for example, if their eyes glazed over or that jaw droop began, I'd pause and I'd engage. So I would start a conversation with the class at that point instead of a lecture. And I'd throw some questions out and try to entertain a bit. So in other words, instead of feeling the need to fill an hour or two with my voice, I would take stock of, of how my words were affecting the students and I'd adjust to that. Now, not everyone who teaches is comfortable with that. I loved open dialogue in class, but some people want to stick to the plan. So if people get nervous speaking in front of groups, they prepare a really strict outline and they stick to it, believing that that kind of presentation reduces, reduces anxiety. And it does. But the inability to adjust to an audience can lead to boredom, can lead to listener fatigue. And in some cases, it can lead to anger and resentment. And we certainly don't want that. So I'm not suggesting that we never talk. I'm just suggesting we take stock of speech to see what it can tell us about how we're feeling in the moment. Sometimes those students were a mirror to me. So if I was feeling anxious about what I was lecturing on, maybe I'd notice students fidgeting or getting restless. If I catch myself talking too much, I can usually find a stray, a stray piece of nerves or anxiety hiding inside of me somewhere. And, and then when, when I'm aware of what I'm saying at that moment and try to make sure that my words are well-placed or have value, I can see that what I'm saying then is not just an attempt to, to talk away my nerves. So I'll put it to you this way. A teacher of mine once said that, on the road of spiritual development, we need to find ways to conserve our energy. That ability to hold our energy, to be really aware of it and to hold it, is what gives us the ability to grow and experience different states of awareness. Okay, the problem? Well, that increased energy conservation can lead to increased discomfort. We may not know how to handle handle that situation. We're used to operating at a certain level of energy, whatever that is for you. And if we have too much energy, we may feel this desire, as my teacher would say, to drain it away. I'm sure you felt this. You're, you're stewing about something. And once you process it with someone verbally, once you get those words out, it's like a valve releasing and you feel better. You feel back at your resting state. And that can be healthy. Of course I can. I do it all the time. I'm a talker. I told you that. I'm a communicator. I'm not saying that's not a good thing. The issue is when we drain energy away so often that we don't conserve anything at all. There's nothing wrong with activity to relax. There's nothing wrong with, like we said, talking a problem out with a friend or going for a run, making cookies on a Sunday taking the kids to the park, binge watching a show on the weekend, lifting weights, painting a picture, working on that novel in your drawer on a rainy afternoon. These are all wonderful ways of releasing some, some pent-up energy and relaxing. But I want you to consider this. If the energy you're looking to drain off is associated with some kind of restlessness or anxiety, consider why that's there. You can do all those things we just mentioned to relax. But don't forget to spend some time considering the energy you have inside of you before you drain it all away. So here's something you can try. Here's a tip. 
insert a conscious pause. Insert a conscious pause. Now, that can happen at various points, but here's how it's looked for me and for some people I know. So you're sitting at home on a Monday night. It was a stressful day at work. You have a huge presentation to give on Tuesday morning, and now you're not sure what to do. Do you call a friend and gossip for a few hours? Do you bite your nails? Do you pace around the house? These thoughts, and a bazillion more like them, are no doubt a sign of anxiety. And that anxiety is totally natural. You know, we all know anxiety is not really helping in that situation, but it's natural. So we all feel it. We all get like that. And all of those opportunities for draining away that extra energy that's causing you so much trouble, those are all viable choices. But before you pick one, try this. Pause. Sit with the feelings for a moment. Use that, mm, I guess, nervous energy as an opportunity for growth and explore it a little bit. Stop whatever you're doing in that moment. Close your eyes. Breathe in through your nose. A long breath. Hold it for a moment. There, that gap, that pause. Notice that anxiety. Notice it. Silently call it by its name, anxiety. Now release the breath through your mouth. <sighs> pause at the bottom for a moment. There, that pause, notice it. Call it by its name, a pause. Do this a few more times and then take stock of how you feel. In that space, make a decision about what to do next. When life overwhelms us, and it will, we need releases. We need ways to relax. We do need ways to deal with excess tension and stress. What we don't need to do is drain everything away. If you want something in life, like better health, a degree, a family, travel, a good job. Well, then the things you're dreading about those wants may happen. Better health may mean a doctor's appointment. A degree may mean a term paper. There may be fights with a spouse. There might be a presentation to give to the board. Consider how it might be to walk into all those situations energized, holding your energy, instead of always finding ways to drain all of that energy away before you go into those situations. Spiritual and personal growth is no different. If you want to grow, life will challenge you. If you want to meet the challenges, show up with as much energy and focus as you can. Learning to control our energy instead of draining it or letting it control us is important, but it takes time. My teacher would say, I'll make a commitment to this, but I'll leave lots of room. I know I get carried away in conversation. I know I let my energy drain. But if I become aware of that drain, I can start to find the balance between, between healthy ways to take the edge off rather than just dumping all my energy when and where I can. Because I think, I think feeling drained is familiar to a lot of us. Feeling done at the end of the day is a sign for, for people that they've had a successful time of it at work or with the kids or whatever. And if we have a little energy left over, sometimes we feel it as a background anxiety or nerves and we, and we, and we want to get rid of it any way we can. But consider hanging on to some of that extra energy. Don't just talk it all away. Don't just drain it all away. I love when a kid engages me in conversation about everything they've seen and done in the last few minutes because I think it shows growth. It shows interest. It shows development right before my eyes. You can see it happening. But I also love when I and others can sit in silence 
and take stock of our anxieties and stressors, use that energy when we can show a little restraint and grow a little bit by hanging on to the energy we have inside. That shows growth, interest, and development too. So that brings us to the end of this episode of the Nobody Guide to Life. Let me know what you're up to out there. If you'd like, you can join our Simple Spirituality group on Facebook and put something into the conversation. And remember, you can always find out more about what we're doing at nobodysview.com or thenobodybible.com, or you can reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please consider a review or a subscription. We'd really appreciate it. Keep practicing and have a good week.